0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the mailbag. Come on in, the water's still warm. My name is Marcus Speller. Andy Brassels here. Andy, how are you?
1: I'm so well. How are you, Marcus? And how are you, Ramblers?
0: Yeah, you're, that's a bit, you're showing off there during a pandemic. I'm so well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well sorry, I'm so well in the circumstances. Uh, bully for you, Better? big boy.
0: Much better, Andy. I think that's uh, fair to say. Um, I do miss your face. And I miss all your faces, ladies and gentlemen. But, of course, I don't see you on a regular basis or at all, but I do see Andy. Um, But, you know, thank goodness for social media. Andy, I've got some questions here that the, uh, the good listeners are wanting you to answer. And on one of them, they want my input as well. Can you imagine such a thing? Are you ready, my good man? I'm so ready. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> see what you've done there. Let us begin then uh with an email from Vandali Luxemburgo. That is wonderful. Vandali, we appreciate that name enormously if in- indeed is your real name, which I don't think it is. Um he says
1: hi. Well, you hi know all. what, if 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 we are indeed uh talking to Vandali Luxemburgo, I I think the um advice about washing your hands is probably uh <laughs> Even more germane than it normally is.
0: <laughs> it is. It's, uh, it's germane permanent. Uh, <laughs> sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> the, the lockdown affects us all in the end. Um, so, Vandalise says, hi. All, I would like to get Andy's thoughts on the news that Inter are likely to sign Sandro Tonali and what it means for the midfield options, particularly Stefano Sensi. Will this signing mean they won't exercise the option to make Sensi's move permanent? A midfield three of Tonali, Sensi, Barella sounds good to me on paper. Then throw into the mix Brozovic, Erikson, Gagliardini, Nangalan, Vecino, Valero. In my opinion, they will look to get rid of Vecino, Valero, and one of Nangalan,
1: Gaglia. Love the pod. Keep up the good work. Vandalay Luxemburgo. Well, Vandalay, I think... The point that you make is a very good one in that it's extremely congested in there. Uh, We must say at the time of recording, uh, Sandro Tonali is not over the line and there's very much a a battle going on for him. Um, Brescia are almost certainly going to get relegated from Serie A, but they're asking for a lot of money and they would be even if they were were staying up. Um, Not only uh, Inter and Juventus in the mix, but also um, Fiorentina are are interested. They're prepared to go the whole way for him, it seems. And if you were going somewhere that was a move up and you would definitely play every week, I think Fiorentina is a really interesting option. Of course, Tonali would be... Beautiful city as well, Andy. Pardon?
0: Beautiful city as well, Andy.
1: It really is a beautiful city. Do you know also it has um, a Magnum cafe? You're familiar with Magnum ice creams, right? Oh, I thought you, you can, meant
0: PI. I thought big Tom Selleck was hanging out
1: there. <laughs> I think that would be a step up. If you could have him <laughs> serving Magnums, I mean that would be the ultimate twist. But you can compose <laughs> you can compose your own Magnum. You can go in there. It's just opposite the Duomo. You go in there, and I know mm. Florence is known for its for, for its steak and its fresh pasta and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. But um the Magnum Cafe, oof special <laughs>
0: that, that does sound good although since i put the idea of tom sellick in my head i'm sort of oddly disappointed with it now uh, but that, <laughs> there's a lot of magnum chat from you recently obviously you said on uh, the podcast recently when you were in uh, on with jules and uh, jim that uh, you saw jamie Carragher having a magnum for breakfast he'd love it there he'd be there breakfast lunch and dinner
1: that's something that's something he confirmed on twitter shortly afterwards yes. as, as, I know. As, as well Carragher got involved mm. didn't he yeah, yeah. um yeah, anyway, well, back you see, to what you were saying, so. Well, I'm more in favor of Magnum's than than I was because okay. you can you can actually get vegan Magnums now, which is a huge step forward for for mankind. It might are you be a vegan? huge step forward. Uh no, but I don't have dairy. Ah, uh, I see. So I need vegan ice cream.
0: I see, I see.
1: I I don't know what uh Sandro Tonali's ice cream needs are, but mm. all of them I would imagine would be met in Florence and be a cornerstone of that team and of course there's there's the fact that um it would be a huge coup for 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 them and they're relatively still relatively new ownership um i mean there, there was there was even talk in some italian newspapers that um antonio conte would prefer arturo vidal to sandro tonali before you all blurt out your tea ramblers um we know he's someone who favors the more experienced player sometimes Mm -hmm. i think tonali it's clear is someone who's going to be an absolute superstar he's excellent already he's got an incredible range of passing of course always um compared to andrea Pirlo, but he's a slightly different player because he started further back, whereas Pirlo was a, a number 10 at Tonali's age, and then moved further and further back as as, as time went by. I mean, Pirlo a little bit like Elvis. There are three or four distinct eras of Pirlo, aren't there? Loves a burger. <laughs> yeah, he, he does while he's, while he's crushing his grapes in his vineyard. <laughs> You've got to pass the time somehow. And, um, the, the thing is with Tonali, of all the options he could take, uh, th- there's, there's a hell of a bun fight in that inter-midfield. I agree with Wanderlei, and I think there will be uh, not so much a pruning as a color of, of, of that midfield. I don't imagine they won't sign Sensi on a on a permanent basis. Sensi and Barella um, have made Inter look great when they've played together this season. And I think um, with those preconceptions, those slight preconceptions we, we have of, of Conte, he's rated them enough to play the pair of them together when they're both quite young. Um, I think you look at um, uh, I I don't think he's... Is going to is going to come back. The, the club's plan is not for him to to, to come back. They want to either sell him permanently to Cagliari or wherever else they can they can get money for him. Uh, Galliadini has been closely linked with a return to Atalanta. Now this is where it gets sticky from there on in. I think because Brozovic is set to sign a big new contract there, so he's very much part of it, and he's absolutely key to what they do as well. Yeah. And he would be the one who would be the most under threat from Tonali, I think, because Brozovic has become uh, a, a really important figure for them in a, in a deeper midfield place as, as well. Um, of course, they, they had this, not exact exactly splurge, but sort of mini spree in January where they signed like loads of like quite unusual fitting players, um, some of whom won't stay, I'm thinking about Victor Moses, but Christian Eriksson is very much a huge part of that. And they've invested so much in his contract that, I mean, he's not going anywhere in a hurry. I don't think it's just an opportunistic signing. It seemed clear that they wanted him. He's uh, looked pretty good um, in in the the brief sample we've had in in the restart of Italian football so far. So it'd be interesting to see how he does between now and the end of the season. I think whatever Tonali chooses the Inter one's interesting because of course you get the chance to play for Conte, you get the chance to challenge for trophies and there's no reason to assume um, that Inter won't be competitive under Conte because I I think it's, I think it's a fair bet that they, they will be going forward, but there's no real clear pathway to him. I would want to feel if I was him, I was going to step up and have a situation around me where I knew exactly where I was and if, if I, that I knew exactly um, what I meant to the team going forward. I'm not 100% sure if he gets that at Inter. And I just wonder if that squad is a little bit muddy. And also, mm-hmm. in the current environment, whether they'll manage to shift all of those pieces that they want to shift. I mean, I think this really goes for a lot of clubs going forward, Marcus, in mm-hmm. this post-COVID-19 environment. If you want to get rid of players, we know it's harder to get rid of players even before this than ever before because they earn so much money and if you have them on anything approaching a, a long contract they can be really really hard to get rid of you How can't bail you... them Andy exactly <laughs> exactly so what, what do Inter do in this situation mm. I think it, I think it's, it's it's far from a, a done deal Though like any club that gets to an alley will be lucky to have him I think yeah. that as well the big difference between him and Perlo that I should have pointed out is Tonali is a proper tackler that's, well it, that's a big it, difference
0: yeah it's interesting to say that because because um, Tonali himself obviously the, the, the Pirlo comparisons are there but he also has compared his own playing style a little bit to Gennaro Gattuso and I found mm. that quite fascinating because the the, the the Pirlo stuff's there but seldom do you get a player who will say I'm a bit like Pirlo and Gattuso I mean if, if you can combine those two my goodness you've got a player I mean admittedly, uh, you know, sometimes he might be good, sometimes he may be shit, but uh, you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> you'd you'd expect him to be to be a speaking of Gattuso, what a win for Napoli. Come on against Juventus.
1: It really was and and brilliant for Gattuso. He's been through some difficult times of, of late, yeah. of course, with his with his his sister passing. Mm. But thinking of that that combination between um Gattuso and and Pirlo. I mean, that's the sort of thing that you would say, isn't it? I would compare myself to mix of two vintage <laughs> Milan players, very much like Tonali and Gattuso. You have very voluminous hair at the moment as, as as well.
0: Yeah, I think. But if if you if I was to compare myself to form two former Milan players, I would probably say Dimitro Albertini and Marco Van Basten. What a combo! Hmm.
1: What a combo. I'd go for. Where do you play Ibra- me? I'd go for <laughs> Ibrahim Barr and Gianluigi Lentini, I think.
0: Okay, so promises a lot but delivers uh, less. Uh, Expensive but injured. disappointing. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. Don Ali! Don Ali. Yeah. Allah! Allah, 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 mm. Allah! We're going
0: to have a question from your friend of mine, Lee R. or or Hello is he... Lee R. I believe, Andy, to, not to your taste, so he goes by Dairy Lee R nowadays. Um, but he, uh, <laughs> he says, <laughs> he says this. we got around to it this week, Lee. He says, I remember shortly after the Bosman ruling came into force in the mid-90s, a few foreign imports started appearing in the lower leagues, brackets, thinking specifically the current League 1 and League 2 level. One of my first heroes as a Carlisle fan, Interestingly enough, Lee, I used to play football in a Carlisle United third kit for a Saturday team in Scotland. There's a combination for you. Um, uh, <laughs> Michael Knight was the, uh, the the uncle of one of the lads. Um, one of my first heroes as a Carlisle fan was our big French defender, Stefan Now is the, the Punavachi? That's how you pronounce he. Helpfully put the pronunciation in there. Who we signed after he left then League Uh Guedignon, forgive pronunciation again, at the end of his contract. I also remember the three amigos that signed from Spain for Wigan, including Roberto Martinez. Uh, My question is, how are the lower leagues of English football viewed in Europe, specifically in places such as Spain, France, Germany, and Italy? Are there any examples of English players doing the opposite of... um, (laughs) <laughs> I so have to take a run off at that and Martinez and who is Andy's favourite lower league continental star below the championship Andy so, so really there's, there's, there's three questions there what are the lower leagues uh, how are the lower leagues viewed in some of the top uh, football league nations in Europe are there any examples of English players doing uh, similar things that, that Martinez did and who's your favourite lower league player uh, below the championship from the continent
1: Andy There's plenty to unpack there and I'm enjoying unpacking it. (laughs) It's, um, I I think on my travels and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, the thing that really strikes me is when you speak to to, to people about um, football in England, they're really curious to know how it is that football sustains itself and sustains itself well at third, fourth even fifth tier level they find mm. it extraordinary that it's on television when you speak to a lot of people in France about this you could knock them down with a feather when they work out that fifth tier football is is live televised in in, in HD because there's there's really no comparison um I remember years ago now some years ago um I went to do a magazine article for I think it was 442 on uh, three French guys who um, were playing at, at, at Lake Orient at the time. Uh, Matt Baudry, Yann um, Lessimon and um, oh the the guys played for for, for Coventry and uh, Dagenham. Mm-hmm. Um Roman Vanselow, that's him. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's been a very accomplished low league footballer, as as, as has Matt. Actually, he's um, just just won a, another title with uh, with Swindon um, after after League Two was was, was finished. So um, it was really interesting hearing about their perspectives of getting to getting to grips with with lower division football. Um, obviously, for them, playing in in England was was a dream, something um, that the three of them had always aspired to. Um, but I guess they didn't imagine them coming in, themselves coming in at the third tier. And what was quite instructive to me is the fact that when they talked about how their mates had come across to see them play, and uh, it was Roman Vansolo who was saying his, his mates loved it because there was no equivalence in the French third tier you know, the the French third tier that is is, is not an enormous amount of of interest in it. And he said when his mates would come over, they'd be taken by the crowd, the atmosphere, they'd Mm. they'd have a few beers. It was so culturally different uh, and they absolutely loved it. Now, for pure financial reasons, you don't really get that equivalence in other countries. I was having a bit of a think about it and trying to think of English players Who've played below the top two tiers recently uh-huh. abroad, and um, the the name that came to mind was Charlie Ianson, who uh-huh. has, has played. He, he came through the youth system at Grimsby, um, and he's he's played sort of decent amount of football in um, second and second and third tier. He's actually played in the top tier for a little bit, but last the last team he played with was uh, Rayo Mahara Honda and he was hmm. um furloughed and eventually made redundant by them quite quite recently uh-huh. and um he, you know he was he was really very keen to get home to england he did an interview with um sid Lowe about how he was very keen to get home to 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 england because um you know he's was, was getting to a point where he he couldn't pay what he couldn't pay the rent on his his, his flat um uh-huh. because the, the the wages there are are not terrific and it's it's, it's really hand-to-mouth, I think, as, as as things go by. But he's a slightly unusual case, Charlie Ianson, because although he was um, English-born and came up through um, the youth system at Grimsby, he grew up in Spain. So for him, oh, going okay. back to Spain and getting a trial with clubs and, and, and going from there was a pretty natural step because his, his family still lived there. So basically, he had to come back to Britain to go go, go and, and and take a deal with with Grimsby in the, in, in the first place and um, mm-hmm. apparently he's quite reticent about about coming back to the UK initially is i i suppose not entirely dissimilar to uh, Jack Harper who's the uh, he's often mentioned as the, the the Scottish kid at Real Madrid he, he was at, in the Real Madrid youth system for for quite a while and um then ended up um, playing for Brighton for a bit. He, he belongs to Hetafe now and he's been on loan at Alcocon this season. Yeah. But even though he's um, a Scottish international at youth level, he was born in Malaga. And even though he speaks English with a Scottish accent, he's yeah. you know, al- almost almost Spanish, certainly Spanish in his his football upbringing and, and, and very different. And, um, you know, when you look at the, the, the fact that in a lot of countries, football is... Either part time or, to all intents and purposes, part time below the top two tiers. I think you can see why there's not that real move in in, in the other direction. Um, but lots of players like uh, Prunovacchi, Matt Baldry, who we were mentioning. I think you know if if you're not gonna maybe make it in in Liga, for example, or La Liga, in the case of R- Roberto Martinez you realize you can actually make a, a, a pretty good living in the third or fourth tier of of, of English football. And I, I think it's the fact that, you know, you, you feel part of something important as well. It's not just about the money. Because yeah. I, I remember Matt Baudry saying to me, the first time you make a tackle in English football and all oh, the man. fans are, Aah! and they <laughs> cheer it almost like a goal, it's like, this would never happen at home so ob- <laughs> obviously- thinking, is that all they want i can
0: do that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so w-
1: w- whereas whereas obviously there are there's there's great deal of investment involved in it and there's there's still a, a huge cultural gap and so uh, you know uh the, the, those late orient players at the time were saying to me you know your, your family think you're doing really well for yourself and then when everyone comes home from Christmas for Christmas, and you yeah. don't, because you're still playing, and mm. you know your your pals are at home round the round the dinner table, and you're in a travel tavern in Yeovil, it's 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 hard. Mm. So um, it's it, it's it's really interesting. I think it's something that we'll see more and more. Um, I wonder how it will be affected post, post-COVID-19. post Maybe if mm. there's, um, I mean, there'll be so many players on the market, so maybe there'll be um, more players available at reasonable prices um, because clubs simply don't have the money. I think this goes for football, in low league football in general, not just um, over, overseas players. But it'll be interesting to see how overseas players put themselves out there. And if yeah. indeed we do see more, Coming over post pandemic. Yeah.
0: Well, indeed, Andy. The uh, lower league player for me, like way down the leagues, of course, he didn't start as a lower league player it was when he moved to this country. Julio Arca, South Shields. Took them to Wembley. To see Cal? To Wembley. Well, probably not, but I just like to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he won the FA Vars final uh, at Wembley Stadium. He got, what, two or three promotions, something like that? Lovely old time.
1: Yeah, that's 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 pretty good, isn't it? I mean, I think I, I mentioned I might it might have been on here. I mentioned a while back about um Nasi um mm. an Algerian striker who was a student in the UK, and mm. when he when he was a student, um, played for Sutton and Woking, oh, yeah. and quite quite a popular figure there. Anyway, he went back, um, and um played professionally in in, in France got promoted with Grenoble and um, he ended up in his first season up scoring the winning goal against Paris Saint-Germain at the Parc de France so he went from playing Sutton and Woking to scoring the winning goal against PSG and he played it he played until he was what I don't know like 43 44 he played down the divisions with uh, Ansi in the end, yeah. round about the same neck of the woods as Grenoble, a sort of mountaineering, skiing kind of country. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's an amazing character, really interesting guy. Mama encouraged to move
0: forward. No challenge at the moment. Laid off to Ian Kilford. Kilford has Green on this near side. Green puts it in first time.
1: Chance for Andy Little. Oh, stay by the oh, May break to Kilford. May break to Martin. Rebato Martinez with his second goal of the season. Analytics are one nil to the god
0: DJ Chubby Bubble has provided us with another question this time, and it should be quite uh, an enjoyable one.
1: Well, we he enjoyed says, just uh, saying his name last week, didn't we? Well,
0: he did, yeah. Well, old Bubs has said, uh, in honour of today being Jim Campbell's and my birthday, this was a, a, a few days ago. Um, Happy birthday, the, Jim, again. Yeah, not today. Um, <laughs> he said, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, what would you guys have as your five-a-side, fantasy five-a-side team, made up with players you share a birthday with? Well, I, I like how um, Bubbles. Thinking that, you know, I, there's a plethora of choices. When it comes to my birth, it doesn't seem to be. But uh, but old uh, Chubby Bubble has said, I'll sit this one out and watch from the sidelines, you know, give the others a chance. Uh, however, I'd have to stick Jim in nets as he's apparently very accomplished. Plus, I can't find any 18th of June goalkeepers. Well, Jim is, Jim is not, very accomplished? Jim is not a sportsman, I think it's <laughs> fair to say. Uh, he did play in golf for a bit when we won a tournament up near Birmingham with a football ramble. Um, but, uh, but you know, so I suppose you're only as good as your last tournament. Um, so anyway, in defence, uh, this is what uh, uh, big DJ is going for. In defence, I'd have Jason McAteer dropping some reducers, while Fabio Capello would be my rock in midfield behind a front two of Vincenzo Montella and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Nadir Belhaj. yeah, Nadir Belhaj and Marco Strela and Marco Borrello would be warming the bench ready to pounce. Paul McCartney would play us onto the pitch, and Delia Smith would serve the halftime oranges. I mean, that is a magnificent set of players and celebrities. <laughs> Chubby bubble, I have to say. I mean, it's, it, it craps all over my options. Uh, but
1: uh, well, let's there see, we are. So
0: I, Well, I'll go first, shall I? I yeah. do have a goalkeeper, and a, and a, and a beautiful man with, uh, with. He's a very world cuppy goalkeeper. It's Guillermo Ochoa, the Mexican mm. Guillermo Ochoa. Uh, so yeah, so I, uh, 109 caps for Mexico. He's in nets for me. That's a lovely old job, um, and it doesn't really matter who I've got in front of that. He'll keep everybody out, Andy. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's that's fair to say. What's the rest? Come on.
0: Uh, yes, the rest. Well, well, we've got to have a solid defender. Got to have a solid defender. He's a one club man. He had an amazing career from 1978 to 1998. 71 international caps, no less. It's Stelios Manolas. Yes. A.K. Athens, one club man. <laughs> had to look him up. He is... Uh, I think he's the uncle of Costas uh, uh, Manolas. Yeah. Um, so we'd have him at uh, at the back. Uh, now, in midfield... Or, or, you know, buzzing around there, I've got Che Adams. Che Adams of Southampton fame. So, again, not quite Fabio Capello in his pomp, but, you know, he's a, a Premier League player. Uh, and then uh, trying to get some goals is Craig Bellamy. Nice, nice. Got got Bellas in there, yeah. Not not quite uh, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And then I might have to put myself in there. If not then I would have Ariel Zarate, who, uh, again, had to look him up because I'm starved of options. He played for Malaga in the late 90s, early noughties, Argentinian guy, uncapped. Um, played for Elche and Ferez for a bit and Deportivo Moron, so something we can all get behind there. Uh, so it would be either him <laughs> or me partnering, uh, <laughs> partnering Craig Bellamy, and, of course, Harrison Ford would be giving the team talks alongside Patrick Stewart. So uh, <laughs> I had to uh, I had to chuck a couple of them in. And Cheech Marin as well. You know, Cheech and Chong or whatever yes. they're called. Yeah, big Cheech. He'd be providing the refreshments and definitely the drugs tests. <laughs> But Andy, of course, if we needed, if we needed, I mean, you don't need a bit of spring at the back because it's the head height rule on a fiver side. But Spud Webb could come in, you know.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm mean,
0: grasping at straws. I mean, a, a Chubby Bubbles' team is far better than mine.
1: The, the disappointing thing for me is such is the collection of players born on my birthday that I might have to go in goal, which I would hate. Yeah. I my my ideal team as when we were talking about famous teams from history we would like to play in uh, Mm. some weeks ago, my ideal scenario is me up front not having to do that much running and having everything put on a plate for me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm I'm still free, clubs, if you're listening. What a hero. (laughs) Uh, Enticing, isn't it? So um, my defense would be uh, Franz Beckenbauer and Eric Abedal.
0: Bloody hell, Andy. You don't. You're right. You don't need a keeper with those two.
1: No, I, I'm. I'm not sure I do. Um, and obviously, I would stick Dejan Stankovic just oh, in front yeah, of them, bit of, yeah. bit of the passing range, uh, of the to, to to actually do some running up front. I've got Jordan Ayew, nice as well, which is quite nice. I've yeah, also got. Um, I've also got the legendary Barcelona forward, um, Julio Salinas, to oh, maybe yes. uh, come off the bench even at his age. Welcome and 94. Um, make some magic happen. Yeah, exactly. And a mm. Champions League winner won the first ever Champions League that Barcelona won with with them yeah. back in in ninety two. Other names that I could have on the bench include David Pizarro, of course. Oh, nice. Um, Very nice. great, great midfielder. He is tidy um, I might put Andrea De Sena in goal because he's got a sort of thick neck uh. that suggests he would be good at it, doesn't he? <laughs> um, even though he's 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 meant to be a defender. Uh, then you've got um, Preb and Elkir, too.
0: All right, I'll take your word for it. And
1: I could even go for Yassine Bamu, um, who made it as a pro at Nantes, having the season before worked in the gift shop at the Parc de Princes. What a story. Now, what a rise that is, eh? Ah, no, 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 that's not
0: too shabby. So who's your, who are you settling? In? Who's your starting five? Obviously, Beckenbauer and Abidal.
1: Uh, Beckenbauer, Abidal. Stankovic, Ayu, mm. Salinas, maybe no, me as director sides, of football. Yeah. Who's oh, in do, goal? If if I have to be in it, I guess I'd yeah. I'd go in I'd go in goal and I'd go Beckenbauer, Abidal, Stankovic, Jordan Ayu to soften them up at the beginning with mm-hmm. his scrappy do like tendencies. Yeah. Um and I'd be able to bring on Salinas to score a few goals later and uh yeah. Pizarro to control the game. Also We'd have the best theme tune, which would be done by Richard Ashcroft.
0: No, oh, nice. You're talking my language now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he's got this sort of messianic quality that he could definitely do the team talks as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, do you know what? I think your team might beat Chubby Bubbles there. I didn't think that would be beaten. The fact is, it's it helps right, yeah. that you both, yeah, you both don't have a goalkeeper. I mean, he's got, <laughs> you've got Beckenbauer and Aberdell, who obviously Beckenbauer can, well, I mean, both can step forward, you know. Incredible uh, intelligence on those two. He's got Jason McAteer at the back. Um, not so much intelligence. And uh, Fabio Capello. I mean, Montella and Aubameyang, very good striking options. Probably slightly better than yours. But because of those two, Andy, and Stankovic as well, I think you just take it.
1: Also, take Montella it. and Montella and Aubameyang, not Champions uh, League winners, as opposed to Julio Salinas.
0: Well, I mean, but Ibrahimovic isn't a Champions League player, Andy, but you'd have him in there,
1: wouldn't you? No, true. No, Ronaldo's not either, is he? So...
0: Exactly, yeah. and neither am I. Neither of any of us, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, but maybe one day.
1: Well, that concludes the
0: Mailbag this week. Thank you very much for, for your emails and your comments. Do get them in, of course, on, uh, on, on the Mailbag channel, thread rather, on the Discord. You can email us as, uh, as um, what was his name, uh, Verdelai Luxemburgo did uh, as well. Um, but it's been a ruddy pleasure as always. Andy, how, the, how are you going to spend the rest of your afternoon?
1: looking for a goalkeeper who's born on September 11th
0: excellent well I'll uh, be having a much wider scouting mission for players born on the 13th of July and who are willing to play with Craig Bellamy excellent (laughs) well there we are Uh, pleasure as always gang Uh, lots of love we'll see you next week
1: a Stakhanov production.